right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman. It is always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 168. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. Visit us on Twitter at PS This Is Awesome and Tumblr, PS This Is Awesome.tumblr.com. If you want to make fun of our trophy lists on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. And as always, you can write the show at PS This Is Awesome at gmail.com. But most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends and be sure to leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit. For today's show, we're going to discuss the games we've been playing, new game releases, PlayStation news, and other PlayStation-related things. Closing out the show, we have a track by the band called Common Light with a song called Keystone. So don't forget, if you'd like to have your original music featured on the show, send an MP3 to our email account. Again, at PS, this is awesome, at gmail.com, along with your band name and the title of the song, and we will notify you when and if or if it goes live. And please, if you're listening to the podcast and not watching this on YouTube, we ask that you head over there to indulge in some of our daily video content. You can find that at youtube.com slash PS, this is awesome. I posted a new video as part of a new type of video series that I'll be putting out sporadically on the channel uh, called The Takeaway. It's essentially a bunch of in-house game footage we'll be capturing as we play games and present almost kind of like a game review but no ratings. So we're going to try to do that a little more, not frequently, but we're going to pepper pepper it in throughout the month so you might get a surprise video like that. But right now it's mainly trailer reactions. And the podcasts, and then Jake, I don't know if you noticed, but I've been uh, splicing up sections of our podcasts, uh, PSTIA clips, and we are putting these out as little short abbreviated conversations that I can pull out of the podcast. So that's been kind of nice, and we've been getting some views on that. But with that all out of the way, Jake, how are you doing? Good, yeah, I've been good today. Today's been a relatively... Uh, a relatively productive day. I did some bunch of work on the bath. Well, the bathroom is pretty much done. I just had to do some stuff like hanging towel racks and things like that, which mm. always take way longer than you expect them to. Yeah. Because if you don't take your time, they end up crooked or some shit like that, or they fall off the wall or something. So Are you doing like the wall anchors and stuff too for those? Yeah. they're Oh man. I, I don't know if the listeners have any experience with the modern design for towel racks and hanging them on the wall. But basically there's this little like bracket that you screw into the wall. And then the towel rack like ends goes over that bracket. And then there's a little set screw on the bottom that you turn in to kind of press it into the bracket. Right. So that it stays Expand on it to get it in there. Oh, that's one of the most fucking annoying things yeah that sounds uh, they're sounds just really awful. irritating because you have to use these little allen keys and then i'm always dropping it and shit and like mm-hmm. i don't know but other than i mean i got it all up and everything so but other than that it's been been good i felt relatively productive today and last weekend i didn't do jack shit so it was nice to be able to get uh get some stuff done today yeah felt, felt like i felt good for a change 
Yeah, it's nice to get up early and get some stuff done. Um, I don't think I did anything very exciting this morning. I went over actually to my folks and got some breakfast. I have a membership at a local comic book store, not very local. It's like about 45 minutes away, but they're called Books Galore. And they I got a call from them yesterday. And what I do is is because I live a ways away and the membership's like 20-some bucks uh, a year – and you can have comics pulled and put in your file. And if you don't come and pay for those comics and pick them up, they get a little nervous because they order extra just because you ask that, hey, I want I want to make sure I get a copy of this. So my file just gets big and big and big and big. And then over time, I'll get a phone call and I'll be like, hey, are you uh, going to come get your comics? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, I'll be down. So I made that trip today, and I kind of went on a G.I. Joe figure hunt real quick. I swung by the Target up there in Erie and then a few Walgreens, and I just no luck, didn't find anything. But that was my my day, and I came home, and I've been playing a little bit of the Castlevania collection today, and we can get on with that later here shortly. But uh, short of that, man, yeah, I'm doing well. Um, I've got weird growths on my finger, and I'm concerned about it. It's probably a spider bite or something, but if it doesn't look better, I'm going to go see the doctor probably and make sure I don't get, like, sepsis or something crazy. But, I don't uh, think you can get sepsis from a mark on your finger. From infections, though, <laughs> I, mean, I think. I, I could be wrong. Infection could spread and turn into something, so... <laughs> you are right, though. So I'm going to go willingly throw my copay at my doctor and uh, see if he can prescribe me something. If this looks like an infection, and to me it kind of does, it's starting. And uh, it's just really weird. i, I got to take care of my phalanges because of my guitar playing. So we don't want to be cutting any of them off, um, whatever it might be. But, yeah, so we can get into some games. Uh, what are you playing right now, Jake? Are you, anything? Uh, so, I mean, I'm still playing... Uh, I'm still playing Immortals, but I've been actually, I don't think I told you this. Mm. I've been capturing some footage. Oh, great. Playing it a little bit. Cool. So hopefully maybe I can do one of those takeaway videos about Immortals just because I like the game so much. I mean, yeah. I'd love to be able to, you know, say something about it, even if it's just a brief little thing. Yeah. And then, um, I sat down actually right before we recorded this podcast. I wanted to sit down real quick and play one or two matches of Destruction All Stars. Yeah, just against just against the AI, just to kind of see what it was all what about. It's about. So I thought maybe we could talk about it a little bit. Um, but other than that, I haven't really had a chance to play a whole lot. So I, I'm think I'm getting towards the end of Immortals, so mm -hmm. probably at some point here soon, I'm going to end up diving into one of the other games in my backlog, like Miles Morales would be a good one, or uh, Metro Exodus or something like that, but I, I want to keep an eye on what's coming out, because I, I want to make sure that I'm trying to... I, I want to, like I said last podcast, I want to try and stay a little bit more relevant this year. Last year I played very few new games mm -hmm. when they came out. So this year I'd like to try and that's a kind of my new year's gaming resolution, I guess, is to try and play a little bit more in terms of like the, the modern or, or like the current newsworthy games, I sure. guess, even if I'm just like dabbing a dipping a toe in just so I have something to talk about. Yeah. Um, That'd be good for yeah. the show. I, and I think I've been trying to make that commitment as well. So one of the games, um, anything else? You play anything else? Is that, that pretty much it right now? 
No, that that's pretty much it. It's it's been really hard. Like mm-hmm. I um I've been averaging with the exception of Saturday and Sunday, like Monday through Friday, I play probably like this is going to sound stupid to the listeners, but like I play maybe 45 minutes every day. Yeah. Whenever I I mean I don't have hardly any time. I play a little bit before work and yeah. then I don't have much more time than that, so... It's like five hours but, a week. That's not terrible. Well, and then on the weekends, I play for usually, you know, two or three hours a day. Yeah. But on the, during the week, it's just hard with work and stuff. No, I get it, yeah. So, I did, after I beat Cyber Shadow, I, you know, we got Control Ultimate Edition on the PS5. I've got a bit to say about that. So, I've been playing that. I probably have around six or seven hours into that game. I have played Destruction All-Stars. I'm like level 19 on it. And then I just bought the Castlevania collection for five dollars, which is on sale. Usually it's twenty. It's on sale for five right now, four ninety nine on the PSN. I think my, I think playing Cyber Shadow kind of whet my appetite for those kind of games. And I saw this for sale, and I was like, "Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going to try this because I had such a blast with Cyber Shadow." But I'll tell you this about the Castlevania games: I'm, I'm just, Castlevania One is so hard. So yeah. luckily, there's an option to like have like a save state in the game. But I have gotten through it relatively pretty well, but I'm at the Grim Reaper boss fight. And I don't know if you even remember what that fight's like, but it's I can't so remember hard. if I got to the what level is the Grim Reaper on? Do you remember? I, no, I don't know. It's like six, I know five or six. I know I got to. It's after Frankenstein. So after you beat Frankenstein, mm, and he has, I didn't get there. Okay. I think I've just watched. I think I've just watched like speed runs of it and seen yeah. people. So there's there's a cheat for the Grim Reaper battle where you can just keep throwing holy water as soon as it spawns, and it just kind of freezes him, and he just and he just dies. Right. Well, my save state. First of all, it's really hard to get to him without taking any damage. I, I got hit once on my way to him. Saved it just before the boss battle. Now I could die and go back to the beginning of the next spawn point and try to get there again. But the weapon I had initially was the clock, which will stop time. And I'm thinking, oh, man, this is going to be a breeze. But apparently you can't stop time and have it affect the Grim Reaper. And I don't know if that's a meta thing that they did on purpose where it's like, you know, the Grim Grim Reaper is a timeless thing. Death is always going to come. You can't stall it. Like, I don't know if that was what they're thinking. But I fucking was like, oh, it's going to be easy. I'll just stop time and get up there and just whip him because I had a hundred hearts. Well, that doesn't work. So then I had to backtrack a little bit for my save point. And you can't even save in the regular Castlevania game, so technically I'm already cheating. But And I backtracked, and I fought all these like flying Medusa heads, hoping that I'd get a drop of a different weapon. The only weapon I could get to drop was the dagger, which is essentially useless because you throw one every four seconds. So it's like... And then... You, and it takes forever. And then this game, when you, when you, when you whip... Uh, and I love this game. I remember playing it as a kid. It, all, it was all coming back to me, the music, everything. But, like, when you whip, you swing, and he does this backswing, and then he swings forward. So, like, you're you, – it's not super precise, and you have to know when to push it to hit the things in front of you and jump – and the buttons are reversed, and I think you can change them. But the X button actually uh, is your weapon, and the squares jump. So it's just reversed enough so like it's it's messed up feeling, but it's exactly how it was on the NES pad. I remember the the configuration. So it's it's coming back, but the Grim Reaper battle, I just probably died 45 times uh between when you said you're going to grab food and then 15 15 minutes. I 
Essentially, you walk into this area, and then he spawns up in this corner. And if I get hit three times, I'm dead. And you have to hit him 20 times. So he spawns, and then there are three or four boomerangs that just appear out of nowhere, real close to you, and they just start tracking you. And you and, and like I don't know if you remember, but the the jumping in Castlevania seemed really heavy. And it was like, yeah. you know, the, you don't really get much height. You know, Belmont doesn't get much air. He would not be a good basketball player. But it's like one of those things where you get chased and you can whip and hit the hit the boomerangs, but they come back. And the first three or four, they'll, they'll move and they'll pause. And then they'll go and they'll all track straight towards where you're standing at the time. So you can only imagine if you hit one and the other two stay in place, they stay on the move, but then this one will spawn in. So this will go and it just becomes this fucking shit show that you can't get out of the way of. So I had him down to three health, believe it or not, and uh, I died. So I've been playing Cap, but to beat him tonight, I'm going to do it. I'll post the video at some, it's, I don't know, on Twitter or something. I'm not I want to say that you probably – it might just be that you can't use the clock on any bosses. No, you can, though. I think you can use them on the, use them on the first boss. Oh, really? I think I, so. It's entirely possible that you're right about the whole – I could be. You know, to use <laughs> clock on the Grim Reaper, but – Which is a neat you know, idea. It might but... be you know, one of those things where – I guess – I don't know if they thought about this in games for yeah. 30 years ago, but – you know, it used to be like games now. A lot of times, if you have a an item like that, which is incredibly powerful, mm-hmm. they just like don't. It just doesn't work against like bosses or elite enemies. Yeah, so, like, I'm just curious if that's the case with that boss or not. But that'd be something. To yeah, look I mean, up. that game. I I played it. Uh, I've only played it a couple times, to be honest with you. Mm. And the last it's time hard. I played it, I remember. I'm like, the fucking music is awesome. The game is awesome. Just it's fun to play, but it is punishing yeah and it's a very I, tough game i just don't have the patience to be able to try and master it i mean the game if you're good at the game you can beat it in literally like 30 minutes it's but a short like, game yeah but like i i just am not good enough especially like uh the mummy boss battle where there's two of them and, and you yeah, start in the I'm middle of remember, them and they just like, come in on you yeah i'm trying to remember like when i played it where i got to but it was like i think i got through the first three levels or something like that or first two levels anyway yeah. and then like the final boss in that game is fucking ridiculous or, no yeah i'm thinking of actually you know what i'm thinking of the final boss in ninja gaiden which is oh, insane because okay. there's like three iterations of them yeah. but like yeah that castlevania is awesome it's is a that, great game what, is that that has symphony of the night too right i don't know what it has it has castlevania one two and three it has the game boy castlevania game I think it's called like Dark Curse or something, and then it has the Game Boy uh, Castlevania Part Two, and then it has the game. It's like Kid Dracula, which was only released in another country or something in Japan. Yeah. Okay. So there was another Castlevania collection that came out mm-hmm. called like Rondo of Blood or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Or, or it was it was called something that included like Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, and Rondo of Blood. I think. Yeah. So. There's two like little collections. I think the one you have is like the OG Castlevania games. Yeah, it's the plus, NES like, versions. Yeah, plus some Boy. like GB like the Game Boy stuff. Yeah, um, five bucks. That's cool, man. On the PSN, it. Five I bucks. will say one of the best Castlevania games is on there, and it's Castlevania um, th- Dracula's Curse. I think it's Castlevania Three. 
That game yeah. is fantastic. You can actually switch characters and stuff, and it's awesome. So I'm Did excited. you ever play um, the uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon? So Bloodstained Ritual of the Night was the actual like mainline Bloodstained game that was supposed to be like Symphony of the Night. Mm-hmm. But he also made smaller like NES-style Bloodstained games called Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 1 and 2, yeah. and they're supposed to be like basically copies of Castlevania 3. So if oh, you really wow. like Castlevania 3, you should check those out because they're new oh, games, dude, but they're meant to be just fantastic. like it. Speaking of which, I still need to finish the Netflix Castlevania animated. I think they have two seasons out. Now, I finished the first one. I'd like to watch them just real close to one another. Usually I'll watch one and then like it'll be like you know two weeks later I'll put on the next episode and I'll forget what's going on. But they're real short clip. They're real short episodes, but they're really cool. So the other thing, Jake, that I did is I did turn on Division 2, downloaded the patch. It runs at 60 frames at 4K. This game looks awesome, and it's smooth as butter now. Um, it's so smooth. Uh, it's it's awesome. And I got the Resident Evil crossover uh, stuff, Raccoon Police, City Police outfit. So I might Oh, die. you're talking about the Division 2 PS5 patch yeah, order? Yeah, it's fantastic. So if you have that game and, and you want to dive back into it, not you, but, well, you, of course, but like the, the listeners mainly, it's definitely worth checking out. I so, think I think the reason I stopped playing the Division 2, because I was playing it for a while, Yeah, but then it was like they came out with that new expansion or whatever, and they, they were, even though I didn't buy it, they required me to download like a fucking 130 uh, gig patch or something, and I was like, fuck this, I'm done. Yeah. I'm not, because I, I didn't want to have to wait like 20 hours to download this fucking yeah. patch for a game that I'm just kind of bru- uh, breezing through. But yeah, The Division's a good game. I'm, I am kind of glad to hear that the PS5 kind of, Port for and it's not. I don't know if it's a port or if it's just a patch that takes advantage it's of the PS5. Patch, yeah, but uh, that's um, an update. Yeah, that's cool. It's fantastic. But let's get back to control real quick, dude. So I've been capturing video for another one of those takeaway videos for this game. Now, this game's according to the internet supposed to be about fifteen hours to beat. Um, I've been pretty stagnant with this lately, but I'll I'll, I'll get it done. But uh, a few quick things about the Control Ultimate Edition. I'm having an okay time with it. Uh, I think it's getting better into hour five and six. I also feel uh, very grateful for. I, I didn't think I would ever like utilize the cards, but I've been using the cards in in the Control Ultimate Edition. Um, on the, it's for PS5, and I think part of the mystique of this game is the traversal of this location called like the oldest house, but. <clears throat> I find it really confusing to navigate this game, and I think it's part of the design because this a little bit about control without spoiling anything. This is a this is a game that was very highly talked about. It didn't work very well on the PS4 last gen consoles. It ran. It was real clunky. It would, it would get caught up, and there'd be a lot of choppiness, and textures would pop and pop out. It's a very system demanding game. But you you kind of you're just this woman and you kind of waltz into this place and it's called the Division of Control. They're, they kind of seem like they're some sort of hidden like FBI bureau or something, and they kind of dabble in the paranormal and stuff. And essentially, uh, the backstory is that you have a brother that was taken or something, and you're trying to locate him. Well, things just kind of get weird when you get there, and apparently, like because it's it's kind of like 
Twilight Zone stuff, like it, it exists on another plane almost, and like you can only find the Division of Control if you're supposed to find it. And I don't know the whole story, but there's something in my character. My character is like communicating with something. Something is like some sort of uh, aura is communicating with her. And you go around and you, you can a- – anyways, it's weird. So this building isn't really a physical building per se, but it is. But it exists in this in this different stratosphere, but you can still access it if you're supposed to. So like the rooms can change and the doors can take – so it's a, it's a pain in the ass to navigate. And there are a lot of fast travels, but – it doesn't really tell you exactly where to go to kind of give you a hint. and But if you use the PlayStation 5 cards, you can go right to it and say, okay, this is what I'm trying to do. And it pulls up a mini video and it's like, first, go to the blah, 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 blah elevator. Take a left. And it's like tells you exactly where you need to go to progress the story. And I can't say how appreciative I am of that because I'm not – because before I realized that, I was just spending so much time walking around this gigantic – the, the building, it's called the, the oldest house or something like that. And uh, I, I was driving me crazy. But anyways, um, I think that was uh, part of the developer's intent, but I got really frustrated. So I'm relying heavily on the cards. Performance mode is fantastic, and it runs like butter. It's awesome. But for whatever reason, Jake, the fidelity mode seems really, really choppy. And, and I know there's going to be a difference but it feels like there's some crazy bad input lag with the with the it's processing so much shit and this game wasn't made to run on a PS5 i think it's just the PS5 version they kind of unlocked some frame rate stuff and performance but dude i i think it's like it's not like miles morales at 60 frames versus uh 30 frames fidelity this when you go to 30 frames fidelity in this it's to me it feels unplayable like did you did you ever play miles morales in performance yeah, mode yeah, or are yeah, you yeah, just yeah. assuming okay yeah so you i did, did play so you, so you did see the difference yes this feels like it's running probably I, I, it's not because i saw the digital foundry video so don't write in and say well you're, you're not right about this i'm saying the feel of it something about the feeling of playing this in fidelity mode it just feels like it's running at like 20 or something like it just yeah. looks so chopped up and like it's like man like, that's great that you can get ray tracing and the game looks great but i would never switch it to this game to fidelity because unless you're taking like a photo or something but at that point like what's what's the point if you're not even playing it in that ro- mode but it could still be me maybe trying to adjust to the change but i've switched between them and it's in this game it is a hundred percent night and day it's almost like a year difference instead of just like oh yeah night and day like it's like it just feels uh almost unplayable i in my personal opinion it looks fantastic don't get me wrong but it just ugh. so 60 frames is a way to play i've been playing on that feels good there's a little bit of uh use of the adaptive triggers the haptics all that kind of stuff so i'm enjoying it um I just hope that this isn't a sign of what's to come for next gen. Like if we're always going to be just given these options, like, well, it's going to feel like shit, but it'll look amazing or it's going to run really well. You know, now my TV doesn't have a variable refresh rate yet. They didn't release the patch yet for it or whatever. That may help with that kind of thing. But the thing of it is, is like, I just, I would like to think that like in the next couple years like they're going to be able to figure out how to do ray tracing and have it higher than 30 frames a second i just hope 
I'm sure they'll sort it out. I mean, I don't know if they're ever going to release a new game on the console that's got, you know, all the bells and whistles graphically that is greater than 30 frames. I mean, it's just, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of processing. Yeah. And, you know, like PCs that do this are way more powerful than the PS5. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's pretty it's a pretty big deal that they're even doing it at all. So I, I think that you'll see 30 frames that run smoother than mm-hmm. what you're talking about. So it might be like a locked 30 frames and like maybe less jitter and stuff like that. But um, the other thing too, is that like the thing that sucks about this generation that a lot of people don't know about is that a lot of the way that you're, you're you experience these games is how your TV set up. If yeah. you've got one of these fancy 4K HDR TVs and you don't have the TV set up properly, it's going to run. It's going to feel like shit when you play. Yeah. So that's another thing that's going to be an issue because nobody talks about that. I haven't seen any anybody talk about how to set up your television to make it to run work right. properly with the PS5. Yeah. And I get that it's going to be a little bit different from, you know, your Sony TV to my Samsung TV to somebody's LG OLED or whatever. But it's a good reminder. Know, it's yeah, so if if you're if you got a PS5 or even a PS4 Pro, but mostly a PS5 and you got a new 4K HDR TV that you want to basically you got it because you want to play like the coolest graphics on your PS5. Make sure you learn how to set it up properly with the console. Well put. Well mm-hmm. put. Um, so you've been doing uh, you've been doing Destruction <laughs> All Stars a little bit. I played it. I'll say a little bit about it, Jake, and then I want to hear what you think about it. I think the game's a lot of fun. Um, one of our listeners, LJ, hopped on with me last night. We put some time into the game. There were some obvious party glitches where despite being in the same party, we'd all find ourselves in different matches. Also, uh, also this game notably needs Team Mayhem as an uh, option for to play. Uh, Mayhem it is, doesn't have it? No, it just has Mayhem, which is just single-player mm. single death. It's like, like, like deathmatch. Yeah, so there's no team deathmatch. So you can't have a party and play mayhem with the person that you want to play with. You you're, you're limited to the two different modes. I think uh, one's like the bank one and then the other one is uh Carnado. Yeah. And I played them all. I think Carnado is kind of fun once you figure out what the hell's going on. But uh there there's no team mayhem and, I, and that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I do appreciate that there's 16 characters. It's a nice touch. I like that uh um like I had hoped uh the matches aren't too long and they feel about the right amount of time for a match average about a 10 minute match i've been enjoying my time with it 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 just got patched also to not automatically throw you into party chat with all the other players which i was thankful for dude some of the matches i found myself participating in before this patch were really offensive man and i'm and i'm like an old punk rocker but like Dude, you would just get in while they're matchmaking and stuff. And, like, I got in. It's just a shame because, like, people were, like, talking about their, their genitals and, like, talking about doing sex acts with people's moms and stuff. And I was just like, this isn't why I fucking play video games. I was going to say, what is, this, the, what is this, the fucking OG Xbox Live days where it's, it's like... It was just like, I'm just too old for that bullshit. Like, I get yeah. that someone thinks it's funny. But, like, when, when people are pretending or maybe they're really having orgasms on this on the chat, like, it's like, okay, I need to find <laughs> out how to fucking shut this guy up. And the problem with this game is is that you can't go into the game menu and turn off the chat. What I found out was you ha- it's in a card. 
So you oh you put the thing and then there's a card for the voice chat and then you you can turn it off there. So it's just weird. There's the one of the things that I noticed about like the first thing I noticed and I know you wouldn't have noticed this because you play default controls but the first thing I noticed is when you start the game for the first time it drops you into the fucking tutorial immediately. Yeah. Which is great. I kind of like when games do that. You're like, okay, drops me right in. Before it even gives me the main menu and options for the types of game modes and stuff, it's like, let me just show you what the fuck's going on first. Yeah. And then you can start playing the game. Great. I love that. Especially on games like this where it's there might be a smidge of a learning curve. Yeah. I mean, this game's pretty easy. There isn't really a learning curve. There's a lot of strategy, like, I didn't though. Know, I, yeah, I didn't know what to expect. So I was like, okay, it's cool that they're dropping me in here. Yeah, yeah. But drops me into the tutorial... You press the start button. You do not have access to the main options menu. It's literally just a button map of the controls, and that's it. Here you go. So in order for me to switch to inverted camera controls, which is what I play with, I literally had to exit the tutorial, get to the main menu, and then in the main menu, the options menu from the main menu has all of the shit, like the graphics, the sound, the controls, the inversion, the button mapping, like all that stuff. Why can I not fucking access that when I'm in a match? Because let's say I accidentally mapped my controls wrong or something. Right. Now, maybe when you're in a regular match, it'll let you do it. And maybe it's just the tutorials that it won't let you do it. Yeah, I don't know. I can't speak to that. I didn't try. It's like a really bizarre design. Like, why would you do it this way? There's a lot of little things. Yeah, there's a lot of little things. It almost feels like it was rushed a little bit. But But I will say the game looks great. Yeah. It feels great when you play it. Yeah, the cars feel great. I like all the characters. Yeah. The characters are really interesting. Yeah, they are. I'm still really confused as to, like, what I'm supposed to do with, like, this. I feel like I'm just wasting the specials when I'm using them. Yeah. But, like, it is – it. it's kind of like what we were talking about last week where, where I said, like, I think it's going to be good. Yeah. But I don't know if it's going to catch on. That's pretty much exactly what it is. Like, I think that it's a great game, and yeah. I think it could be really fun to play. But I'm curious how well it's going to take off. Like, if we don't see a really good player base in the next couple of weeks, like, I, I don't know. It might just how... die off. Yeah, which is unfortunate because I think it is It's a, a lot of game. fun. I, it gets my adrenaline pumping. Like, what I, like, usually on the Mayhem, when I play it, I can get to... Usually I'm, fir- I'm, I'm not even bragging. Usually I'm in first place in the first two minutes. And then, like... I'll get wrecked and then I'm out of my car and then I'm literally scrambling to, and, and your character can just jump high enough to get on those fucking platforms unless you're like doing wall running and stuff. So like you're trying to jump and grab these cars and other people are taking them and you're just like, oh my God. So like the more time you're out of your car, the more people can get ahead of you because like you can't cause any, you can't cause damage. It's way harder. So my average on the mayhem is like rank six or seven final i think there's what 16 people so it's a little better than 50 percent. but i really enjoy the mayhem levels and i want to get really good with one character and just yeah i know the first match i played i was like rank fucking 14 or something like that because i didn't know what the hell i was doing i was literally just running around like trying to hit things i didn't even know what the controls were i just kind of guessed because it's a car game and then the second match, I did a lot better. I think I was ranked three. Oh, nice. Uh, but um, it's it's challenging. Like it's cha- It's kind of like it's kind of like Rocket League in that it's challenging to drive a vehicle in an aggressively like 
demo derby-ish fashion. Yeah. Because cars are flying all over the place and you're trying to like head them off and hit them and judge how they're going to go and how they're going to react. Lead them they and do stuff, give yeah. you They do give you these like that like you could use the right stick to kind of bash back boost and forth a little and bit forward yeah. or whatever which which does help um but it is challenging w- one thing that i think this game really needs that i it doesn't understand i don't understand why it's not in there is a fucking double jump like don't you think this well, game would it, it's like perfect for a double well, jump here's the thing so you know how, like your car has a special maneuver and your hero has a special maneuver mm-hmm. when you use your breaker for your hero you can double jump but only when the breaker's active, which is like your L1 button. So they've roped it into that, which is a I, weird decision, but... It doesn't seem... It doesn't seem like a really... <laughs> it's a benefit. Like, to, does it seem like a benefit to you? You can like, get to the can, platforms easier. I guess, but you can reach all the platforms with a single jump. It's For just you have part. to time them. You have to time them better, right? Yeah, when yeah. you have a single jump. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I like... It's just one of those games where it's fast paced. It's really cartoony. You're like jumping and stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like doing all this wall running shit. Like, like a regular. Like to me, it should be standard double jump across the board. Everybody can do double jump all the time. And then maybe if you, when you're in your breaker, you could do things like dash in the air or something like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like something a little bit more jazzy than just a basic double jump, which helps you traverse the level. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe obviously these games. One of the biggest, the hardest part about making these games Equalizing is everything. balancing them, yeah. balancing all the systems, and making sure that giving a character the ability to do something doesn't severely break, you know, things one way or the other. But I really think that you know, just having a standard double jump and then something a little bit more crazy in the breaker mode would be would be cool, especially if like each character had their own unique sort of navigation thing that they could do in their breaker mode. Like maybe one person can, uh, you know, do like a dash in the air. Maybe one person can do a triple jump. Maybe one person can do like a, like a short range teleport or something like that. Some sort of special air move. Yeah. So they could like go like teleport through a vehicle that's trying to hit them. Like blinking and like dishonored or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that, like now, granted, this game is in its infancy, so if it catches on, I'm hoping that they'll patch it and they'll kind of like improve on all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, it's got a really good foundation. Yeah, I, I just think hope there's enough there to to keep people in. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with what I've played so far, and it's it's a great game to jump in and out of real quick. So like, if you just want to kill, you know, 20 minutes, it's fun to jump in, try a couple missions, get some XP or whatever, customize your character, whatever. So that's cool. But let's get on with the news here a little bit. Jake, uh, Resident Evil Village is shaping up to be longer than the previous Resident Evil 7 game. This news comes from Peter Fabiano, the game's producer. Additionally, the game seems to be taking advantage of next-gen hardware, and it should be removing load times. So that's kind of exciting. I didn't really think Resident Evil was exceptionally short, though. But then again, I did play in VR... So it probably felt longer. I'm guessing if I had to like put money on it, it would probably sub 10 hours, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're trying to reach for like a 15, 20 hour experience. Now, it always takes me way longer to play games because I look in every single nook and cranny and wander around and look at shit and I'm very bad at puzzles. So it takes me forever to solve a lot of these Resident Evil puzzles. But yeah. like, you know... This is one of those things where I'm not 
super thrilled about it, but I'm not necessarily bummed either. Because to me, it's like, I don't want a fucking 25-hour no. Resident Evil no, experience. No, my nerves you know can't I mean? take it. Like, I, I, I am cool with an eight-hour Resident Evil campaign. Yeah, me too. But but I don't know what they mean by longer, right? It could be that it's a Several you know, hours. 10 to 15-hour experience, or it could be that they're going to pull a fucking Last of Us Part Two and it'll be 40 hours long, and I'm going to die in the process. I honestly felt like Resident Evil 7 was longer than it needed to be, especially with the end. Remember how it like got really weird in the end? Yeah, where you go to that boat. The ship, I, no spoilers, stuff. but like, yeah, yeah it's, like, it's, it's it's weird. Like, I it wasn't necessary to have all that stuff. Maybe it was. Anyway, so that's that's news this week. Blizzard indicated to the world that we should not and will not be getting either Overwatch two or Diablo four this year in twenty twenty one. Any disappointments to this news, Jake? I know you're a big Diablo fan. I as soon as they they announced Diablo four last year and they brought gameplay footage out and I was like oh that looks great but immediately I was like it'll be couple three years, years before yeah. we see this yeah. because Diablo even when they announced Diablo three and you know before that Starcraft two mm-hmm. it was every bit of two years after they announced it before it came out yeah so in Diablo three Starcraft thank you I, I couldn't remember yeah. what the hell that game was called I talked about it on a trailer reaction go ahead sorry well diablo uh diablo 3 and even when diablo 3 came out it was broken when it first came out i mean you could play it i played it all the way through and it was fine but compared to what it is today it was just a shell of itself kind of like uh maybe not quite as bad as like the final fantasy 14 thing but like it was pretty bad at at launch in terms of the way that the systems were balanced and Mm -hmm. they had this fucking real money auction thing which was that was kind of idea but bizarre um but uh starcraft 2 i think had a little bit of a better launch but um yeah yeah i i I am excited. I don't give a shit about Overwatch, but I am super excited about Diablo 4 because Diablo 3, I mean, I love all the Diablo games, to be honest with you. But I just kind of, I knew as soon as they announced the trailer or showed the trailer last year that it was probably going to be 2022, I'm guessing. Maybe Mm -hmm. the end of 2022 when it comes out. So, yeah. We'll see. But I'm not really hankering for it either because I put so much time into Diablo 3. When we talked last... Was it last week we talked about our longest played games or whatever? Uh, It might have been the week before. Maybe the week before that. Yeah. But uh, Diablo 3, I think, was my number one, which was at, like, fucking 400 hours or some shit like that. And so I'm not... As much as I love Diablo, I know that when it comes out, I'm going to have a lot of time into it. So I'm not super anxious for it to come out. Mostly because I got... A lot of other stuff to play before then. Yeah. I mean, my year, I could probably, no games could come out the rest of this year, and I'd have games to play until the end of December. I'm almost positive on that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I wanted to get your take on that, because I knew you were such a big Diablo fan, and you and I actually got into Diablo 3 a little bit for a while, but we never really made it too far. I still haven't beat, I still haven't uh, leveled a Necromancer all the way, which is which is the expansion class that they came out with. Yeah. Which is a throwback to Diablo 2. Well, maybe we'll jump in together or something. Yeah, I think I only got to like level 20 maybe yeah. with the Necromancer, which is weird because I, you know, I platinumed that game. I mean, I love it, but it's yeah. what, I think when you and I were playing it and then I didn't want to play without you and then right. it kind of fell off. Same and thing that I, happened with Destiny 2. We got we yeah, to jump back I, into that. <laughs> yeah. I, Destiny 2 is 
fun. I'd like to get back into it and finish those three campaigns. All right. Well, the Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake was supposed to be coming out relatively soon. But it has also been in – well, I shouldn't say also, but it is now indefinitely on hiatus per an update from the team behind the remake, indicating that the remake will require more time to ensure it feels fresh while remaining faithful to the original. So anybody who is looking forward to this Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake, sorry, who knows what's going to happen with that. It could be developmental hell. It could just be that they're going to take the time and – Make it uh, what the fans want. I, I have no idea. But I thought the release date was coming relatively soon. It's almost like, oh, well, crap, we just we forgot. I was going to say, we just talked about it on the show, like like it was getting ready to come out or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and now they're like, oh, no, now we're going to we gotta dump a lot of time into this, so we don't know when it's coming out. So it's almost like they forgot that they were making the game or something. I'm sure that's not what happened, but it, I thought it was an interesting little news point. So <clears throat> God of War... Stock talking about uh, patches to make things look prettier. God of War got its promised PS5 update recently, and it's running at 4K, 60 frames per second now, which is amazing. I This is a game I actually want to go back and play again. I think with the HDR, 4K, 60 frames, especially before the new God of War comes out, I think i got to jump back into this world and, and try to play this game again. Jake, is that something you'd be willing to do or interested in? Uh, I. It was long. I've thought about it. I I I would like to maybe jump back in and play a little bit. I don't know that I would play it all the way through to the end because as much as I loved God of War, when I was done with it, it was one of those games where I was just like, okay, I'm done with it. It was a little long. Down. Like I didn't go back and fight all the Valkyries and try to platinum it or anything like that or do New Game Plus or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those games where like the combat is really it takes some skill so i didn't really want to like jump back in and have to relearn the combat kind of like i had to with the witcher and all this stuff i i am interested in downloading it just to see how it looks and plays with the new update because it was a gorgeous i mean it was a gorgeous game on ps4 regular but yeah i don't know i'm i'm always interested in doing these things it's just one of those things where it's like, am I gonna, am I gonna fuck with this because I have so much other stuff? Are you going actually on. game gameplay wise? I've got so much other shit to play. So the listeners can check that out if they want to. So there was also this other weird news story. I sent you a text about it. I'm not even entirely sure what it means, but it seems very important and very rel- uh, relative to what we do here in the podcast. Maybe Jake, you should a little light on it. But there's mm-hmm. there's a company called Katokawa, and I'd never heard of them until news started breaking about this, but. Uh, they recently embraced Sony in a partnership. So according to Push Square, to a Push Square article, this will, quote, help enhance IP development rollout in the game domain, enhance rollout the animation domain, and effectively use platforms and involve cooperative initiates. It should be initiatives, I think. But anyways, so uh, end quote. Sony now has 1.93% ownership of this company, also noted that Katakawa does control from software, while the majority of its business is focused and uh, focused on manga, films, and magazines. So this is some sort of weird agreement. Now I don't know what it means. I think Sony owns a lot of uh, anime stuff, but they, there's some sort of thing going on, and from software is thrown into the mix somehow. And I don't yeah, know. I, there, it's it's weird. Sony's been really driving 
a lot of the they've been they've been purchasing a lot of stuff like I think they purchased Crunchyroll or they're talking yeah. about purchasing Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. They own Funimation now, I think, which is a huge anime house. Yeah. Um and now they're purchasing a, a partial stake in this uh company which you know, one point nine percent may may not sound a lot like a lot, but this is probably like millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. It'd be like owning stock. like not maybe not exactly, but like owning like one percent of Apple or Amazon or something crazy like that. I'm sure it's not that. <laughs> no, sure it's no, not no, that no. Large, it's, it's but not like, not a comparison, but an I idea. mean, but it, it kind of makes sense a little bit because they can have an a say in what From Software does without having to purchase From Software outright. Yeah, because From Software has historically been uh, willing to work with Sony in terms of exclusives and just general console content and things like that. So it's interesting. I don't know how much it's going to matter. I think that at the very least it might uh, inform some future decisions on maybe some future from software exclusives like Bloodborne 2 or maybe a new IP or something like that. But I don't know that it's going to have... A huge, it's going to you know generate a huge amount a huge amount of gravity for like the average gamer. I don't I don't yeah, know that it's really going to make that. Big I don't know difference. how relevant it is. I mean, it is related to what we talk about. I just want to throw it on the show. So, Jake, this is also really really big news here, and I think you know what I'm going to throw at you. And I'm actually really excited for this. So, uh, big news hit recently is Bioware released the Mass Effect Legendary Edition trailer. It'll feature Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3. Though despite its addition of 40 slices of downloadable content, it will not include the Pinnacle Station expansion. Uh, The reason being that the original data from that was actually really corrupted. And they came out and said it was going to take them another six months to to get that rendered and ready for this game release. So they, they said, unfortunately, they just couldn't do it. But this is set to release in May. Um, but it's not going to include any multiplayer. But I don't think that that even really matters. I don't think people play Mass Effect for the multiplayer. Now, this is what's so awesome. This is why I'm excited. I've not played a single Mass Effect game. So now I can get into this like HD, awesome world. All this stuff's going to be ramped up, remastered. And it's going uh, to be an awesome experience, I think, at this point for me. Hopefully the the game doesn't seem aged to you because like you know games like this mm-hmm. this game was ma- like these games were made years and years ago so it, they may seem kind of antiquated to you in terms of their mechanics yeah 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 but I maintain that Mass Effect Two in my opinion is one of the greatest games ever made number in two in terms of number two yeah the first Mass Effect I I couldn't finish it it was too really. Yeah, I didn't really care for it all that much. But Mass Effect 2 is fucking awesome. And mm-hmm. Mass Effect 3 is kind of like an extension of that. Yeah. But th- there was obviously a lot of listeners, if you've been in PlayStation or in gaming for more than, you know, the last five years, you probably remember the uh, the controversy of Mass Effect 3. And now, how- was that Andromeda? No. Which one's no. Andromeda? Andromeda was Andromeda was the fourth Mass Effect People game, but is not, but is not a sequel to Mass Effect Three. Okay, so it's, like it's not its even relevant thing, and Thank it's you. a pile of shit. So don't even worth. I mean, I played I, it for probably fifteen, twenty hours, and I, I pretty much hated. I it. I wasn't sure where it fell into the mix. So yeah, thanks for the I mean, clarification. It's, 
Yeah, but Mass <sighs> Effect Two, one of the, it's one of those things where you could play Mass Effect One, but Mass Effect One is more of like an old school, like hardcore RPG. All right, all you right. You have to all the characters in your party you have to level them all up manually you have to apply all of their character points manually whereas like starting in mass effect 2 they gave you the options to play it more like an action game or more like an rpg where Mm -hmm. it's like if you play if you choose to play it like an action game it'll auto level all of your characters assign the points and what the default is for all of them and stuff and you don't have to worry about spending time tweaking all your character points and what skills they should have and all that crap. Yeah. Or you could play it in true RPG mode where you do everything manually. And then they have a middle mode where it's like a combination of the two, which is where I played it, where it's like, oh, for Shepard, because he's my main dude, I went in and I manually did all of his points and skills and everything. But for all of my party members... I auto leveled them because I didn't want to have to go through and do all of the thinking about leveling up all of the characters that you have. Cause once you get a whole part, once you get all of the characters in your party, you've got like six or eight characters that you have to maintain leveling on. And that might not sound like a lot, but for me it just was, it was too much. So I didn't want to fuck with it. Yeah. But mass effect two was absolutely awesome. Mass Effect 3, in my opinion, was very good. The ending was kind of meh, but I don't think it deserved all the shit that it got when it launched. Okay. Um, but yeah, I if I if I go back and I replay the Mass Effect games, I probably will just skip one again. I might really? play with it a little bit. Yeah. I, I it's it like I said, it's just compared to But what two if they three, what if they mess with it a little bit to make it a little more like Mass Effect 2 where you have an option if to they, play. If they do that, if they do that, then yeah, I might consider consider doing that. Because looking at the graphics, willing. dude, it looks awesome. The first Mass Effect, I remember playing it and be like, this is wild because it was the first game I ever played with film grain. I don't oh, know if you've yeah, ever... Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Now it's so common. Uh-huh. But ma- the original Mass Effect was the first game I ever played with film grain and I played it on PC. And... I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then, like, I was playing it, and I kind of was getting into it, and then I just kind of got tired of the systems. But I probably would be willing to dabble back into it. Mm-hmm. But uh, especially because if you, with the collection, I'm assuming it will let you transfer your save from one to two to three. Because originally you could, like, if you played two on PS3, carry over your, your stuff. You could carry your save over to Mass Effect. Oh, I'm sure it'll work that way. It would have to work um, that way. So it would be interesting to be able to do that. Now, when I played them, I just said, fuck it. Give me a default save, and I'll just kind of continue on. Yeah. But uh, that might be why I wasn't so pissed off at the end of Mass Effect 3, because I didn't have this freaking 150-hour-long story arc that I had been building up and just to have it not mean anything at the end well, of Mass Effect 3. Well, that's the thing, 3. too. People tend to be more opinionated about the stuff they're attached to. So I think the fact that 3 had such a wild reaction just means it how beloved the series is you it's know, a good game three people like if you at the time if you were to google mass effect 3 it would be all negative press yeah but i maintain that mass effect 3 is a is a really good game yeah you better it's watch out as good people as mass on effect 2 shit for saying that i know mass effect 2 is better the story is better the <laughs> gameplay is the game is better i think the characters are better yeah. all that but mass effect 3 is still a really a really good game. So yep. I, 
I am excited for it. Whether or not I'll play it is is a different story entirely, but I am excited for it. Cool. Very cool. Thanks for your expertise on that. And the deals section, Jake, that I've been impatiently waiting for on the PS Store are now finally there. There's a tab for deals. It's there on the PS5 Store. Can you find it? Yeah, it's there. It's just there. It's like one of the ones you can thumb over to. It's awesome. So, now I did see I did see I don't know if you have I don't know if you have any news about this but I did mm-hmm. see that there's like a some kind of a critics sale yeah. going on right now critics awards sale I had sale a lot of those games yeah and then there's game. like the retro sale too right which is where I yeah. got the Castlevania one from but I think there was a couple of things on there that I was interested in getting mm-hmm. but I don't remember what it was like I think right now they have a they have a bundle that's like Man of Medan and Little Hope no for like fucking fifteen dollars, nah. dollars. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember what it is. But. Oh man, I'm so stuck on Man of Medan. I came. I just keep talking to people about it. Like, there's this. Lady. I know you were saying that I. You were saying that I should play it. That's why I brought oh. it up because I, I saw. Dude, it on get there, it. And I was like, get it. We'll play it double. We'll, we'll we'll double up on it, and then I won't tell you what's going on, dude. I'm telling you, it's so underrated. It's so good. And there's this lady I work with whose husband's a PlayStation gamer, Xbox gamer. And she talks to me. I'm actually her boss. And then she talks to me once in a while about, uh, you know, what are you playing? So I can tell Michael what, you, what you've what you been playing lately. And I'll tell her. And then I was like, you like horror stuff, right? And she's like, yeah, I love horror horror movies. She goes, I'm a, I'm a member of that. There's a there's a horror movie subscription um, service like Netflix. But I can't remember what the hell it's called. Ah, oh, man. Ah, I wish I knew what it was called. But anyways, she's a subscriber of that. And she watches horror movies all the time. I'm like, you – like if you're not into video games – and Michael's been asking you to like play games with him. You guys need to get Man of Medan and jointly play this game together and make decisions together because he's Michael doesn't like scary stuff. Michelle loves scary stuff. So like I could just feel the tension between them two trying to make split second decisions in this game and just well, oh, don't do that, do that. It'd be so fun for them. But, I, I I honestly think you should have pushed them to Until Dawn first. Yeah, maybe. But- <laughs> Just because it's a I, that's a little I, I more mean, I, game I played, like though. Man of I haven't Dance played Man of Medan. Yeah, Man of Medan's amazing. So if that's on there, if the Little Hope, like Little Hope, I think right is like thirty bucks or twenty five dollars. So if I can get the package for twenty out for fifteen, even, I don't know if it's that cheap. It might be both of them for thirty bucks. God, but maybe that maybe Little Hope will then be on sale on its own. I think it is. I think it is actually. Uh, I think it's on sale for like. You got like me so stoked. Have you seen the trailer for Little Hope, man? There's like little girls like dancing around fires out in the woods, like dressed in like white weird stuff, and there's like satanic cult stuff and crosses and like dead pigs and like, dude, it looks so good. <laughs> I don't know. It just looks awesome. Um, okay, so the deal section is back. PlayStation blog posted the top PSN downloads for January. And I'm just going to list the top 10 and see if any of these surprises, Jake. I have this on my notes. This isn't something we normally do, and it's not something they normally post. So this doesn't mean that they were necessarily sales, I don't think. These are just the top downloads. It's weird the way they worded it. So the first one, uh, number one, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Number two, Hitman 3. Number three, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Number four, Madden NFL 21. Number five, NBA 2K 21. Number Five or six, I don't know where I'm at. Uh, Assassin six, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Seven is FIFA 21. Eight is Demon Souls. Nine is Mortal Kombat 11, and ten is Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, which is weird. It's cool to see uh, Hitman. 
doing so up well. there at number two, mm-hmm. Hitman Three. Yeah, that game. I, I mean, I've never played any. I've never played any of the new Hitman games, but mm-hmm. I'm a fan of the franchise as a whole. So, yeah. and I'm glad to see that IO is killing it with uh, with the Hitman. Yeah, stuff. and they're also working on a Bond game, so that's kind of exciting. So here, here's the thing: <laughs> we don't yeah, we don't normally uh, have a lot of listener feedback and listener commentary but as our audience is growing we are getting comments on some of the shit we post on youtube so somebody had to write in and try to make it seem like we don't know what we're talking about and it's fine you know it is what it is but they were like infancy bug what the we were talking about issues with the playstation 5 and how both jake and i's playstation 5 have shut off and can't be turned on with the controller and need to be turned on with the power button by infancy bug, Jake, now correct me if I'm wrong, I believe what you're referring to is is just essentially a bug with the firmware or a bug with the system in some way that's affecting it that just hasn't been addressed yet. That's all you mean by that. You're not well, talking just, about shingles or whatever the hell, you know, the, the croup cough or chicken no. pox. No, I'm talking about – so usually they when you're referring to like an infancy bug or – an infancy failure. What they mean is like uh, for for hardware in terms of consoles. You remember back the Xbox 360, there was the whole red ring of death thing oh, yeah, where right. you had a bunch of Xbox 360s that were dying within the first six months to a year of them being on the market. Right. It was when they were first produced and the first version of them got out. So what they do is they call that an infancy failure, which means that in the infancy of the life of this console, right. there is a known failure within the unit. And an infancy bug is the same thing, but just like a bug in the firmware or a bug in the way that the system works. And it's something, you know, that is going to probably be ironed out as the, as the system matures. It maybe doesn't affect know. every unit, but somehow right. is affecting one out of every how many. Now, if it's affecting both yours and eyes, we both have it. It's surely not just you you and me. We both got our PlayStation 5s from different different uh, uh, stores. But So there was that, and then this the same person wrote in, and I just feel like we need to just talk about it real quick because we don't usually have feedback. The same person was kind of like, uh, yeah, fixed a PlayStation 5 in a few days like come on yeah right yeah I don't believe it like that kind of thing it's like well here's the deal so you're kind of right I was speaking generally so usually when you send in something to get fixed you're usually talking multiple weeks to get it back right if you're sending something big like that usually on a scale that Sony is it's it's going to take a while so I wasn't factoring in the time it took for my friend to mail it and have it get to the factory. I'm talking it's in the factory. They've got it. How long it takes for them to fix it and ship it back out to them. It didn't take long. It, it was like literally within probably five days. So, yeah, he had to wait for a box. That takes time. Then he had to ship it, and that takes time. So he didn't have his PS5 for like a week maybe. longer, Probably longer than that. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. probably didn't have it for longer than that. But the turnaround, once – they had the system was very short. Like they got it fixed and back to them really fast. So I just wanted to be clear with that for the listeners. I wasn't saying that he had a broken PS five and three days later it was out and back to him. Like, no, clearly that didn't happen. So anyways, moving on upcoming PS five games per push square. And this is weird because some of these are games that already released. So I don't know if I have an old 
I don't know if I have an old list here or not. I think I might, Jake. And you might want to jump on Push Square real quick. So I have a million windows open and see if there's a new list of upcoming PlayStation 5 games. That's where we get a lot of our content for the show. But I have Control. We know that came out. Destruction All-Stars. YS9. East, I think is what they call it. Monstrum Knox. Habroxia mm-hmm. 2, which actually is coming out soon or is out now. That's actually the only Vita release. Um and it's also PS4. Haven for PS4. Spice and Wolf VR2 for PS4. Werewolf, The Apocalypse, Earthblood, PS5, PS4. We talked about this last show because I did a reaction to it. Arog, we talked about this last show because we looked at the trailer. It looked really cool. It was all that hand-drawn stuff. But this one I think is new. Elemental Knights R for PS4. Glittering Sword for PS4. How to Take Off Your Mask Remastered PS4, which sounds strangely political, but or not political, but like relevant to the situation, but that we're in with COVID, but I don't think it has anything to do with COVID. How to Take Off Your Mask Remastered. That's such a weird title to come out right now. Uh, Roomba First Blood, which is really weird. Uh, the Neo Collection on PS5 and Valentine Candy Break. No idea what that is. So those are the games. Jake, I don't know if you're seeing anything else on the website that they have out as far as new games coming out, but uh, the list that I, I saw. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. It's weird that some of them are duplicates, and I don't know why they do that. And, and again, Sony quit posting the drop, so you know it's not an easy or it's not easy to get these titles like it used to be. And it's kind of a shame, actually. I hope that they bring the drop back. I thought that they were bringing it back, but anytime I've gone to the PS blog, it's, it just hasn't been on there. So we've been um, skimming these off of the Push Square site. Um, we've been very vocal about how we use them for news topics and whatnot. But, Jake, I think that about wraps our show up. We're, we're pushing an hour already, uh, and I think it was a good show. Do you have anything else you'd like to talk about before next week? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, cool. It's uh... – it's cold as shit out it's here. It's a, it is. We're we're in Pennsylvania, and it's been. It was like fourteen degrees when I woke bizarro. up. Bizarro. I think next weekend I saw, over the course of the next week, it's supposed to get down to like negative temperatures at night, Fancy. which is fucking great for mm-hmm. those of us who have to get up and. Get Stoke our car. the fire. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> in the middle of the night, you got to <laughs> no, throw cool, just cool in the just, stove. I mean, you know, you realize how much heating costs whenever you live in a place like this, not yeah. to mention having to get out. And if you don't have a garage, having to get out and clean your car off or warm it up in the morning and you stuff. Change but, your schedule a little bit because of it. No. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't think I have anything else here. I, I'm cool. gonna, I, I'd like to, like I mentioned, I was taking some footage uh, and you and I have to talk after the yeah. show or something yeah, about how, how to get that kind of squared away. But yep. I would like to, you know, help contribute. I, I don't necessarily have the time to do as much yeah. as you do in terms of like the video content, but I would like to contribute where I can, when I can, mm-hmm. um, so that I can be, be on the, I could be on the channel as well. Yeah. Other than fantastic. just this podcast, obviously. Yeah. That'd be great. And the clips. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll talk after this, but as always, the music at the end of the show will maybe be possibly excluded from our YouTube channel for copyright reasons. We might get a copyright warning on it. If so, we will clip it out. But if it's there, uh, just so you don't forget, if it's not there, you can download and or stream this episode as well as others on your preferred podcasting platform. Did you know – sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead. Did you know I was watching a video – 
about. So occasionally I'll watch. Have you ever heard of the the guy named Rick Beato? Rick Beato? Yeah, I yeah. watched that. Did you, yeah. did you watch the copyright strike? Yeah. Thing? I was like, holy fuck. Like, they can literally just shut down your YouTube channel if you've got more than three of these things. Yeah. Just for, like, playing yeah. shit on there. Well, so, the ones, I mean, the ones I don't that any I of get, the, don't, don't give us a strike. It's just well, like... I don't, yeah, it's just like take you it out of your monetize, video, you, or, right? Or you so, can leave it in and not monetize it. Right. You know? well, or the money goes to the artist right. or whatever. I, did, I just take like, it out. Like, I don't think that we're ever going to experience that because most of the stuff that we're doing is local, original, or, Friends, or you know. Artists that give it, us their songs, yeah. Yeah, we're not we're not posting shit like, like the, he got in trouble for doing the Cars video. It's like, we're not going to post stuff from, like, yeah. ACDC on our channel. But, like, yeah. you know, it's... Uh, it's it's really interesting. Yeah, it's weird. just a little backstory. Rick Beato, he's a, he's a very well known musician. He's super knowledgeable. He Jake and I are both musicians, and uh, he has this YouTube channel, and he'll he has this series called "What Makes a Song Great." If you guys are interested, and he'll run through the song, and he'll play the parts, or he'll drum a part, and he'll be like, "Now here's why they do. Here's why this is so cool," and he'll get into the theory behind it, and you're like, "Wow, yeah." He has a he has a really cool way of making something seemingly simple sound really really intentionally confusing and, and intricate and awesome. So on the theory end of stuff, and he's also a producer, he has a really nice studio, but he, he uh, has done hundreds and hundreds of these and he's done videos for Metallica and all these different bands. And he's only ever gotten two strikes or three strikes now, but he had to fight them and he fought them in a really interesting way. And he posted a video about how he fought YouTube's copyright strikes. And it was really interesting. But so that being said, you may or may not hear this next song. <laughs> And I hope that you do. But so the final song for the show, the closing song, like I said, is by a band called Common Light. And you can find them at commonlight814.bandcamp.com. The song is called Keystone. And I hope you guys enjoy it. And don't forget to uh, write us, pssisawesome at gmail.com. So like Earthworm Jim, Evolve, and Everybody's Golf. P.S. This is this awesome. Is awesome. Do you ever yearn? <laughs> yearn? Do I yearn? <laughs>